Teachers fell in with whatever the Teflon crew told them, and most adults had enough secret cruelty to believe somebody like me had it coming, that if I tried harder, I could stop stuttering, get a nose job, dye my hair, and join a gym. So clearly, it was my fault that I'd rather read than try to bring myself up to the standards of people I hated. Over the years, the pranks got worse and worse. They stole my clothes from my gym locker, so I had to go to class all stinky in my P.E. uniform. Not a day went by that they didn't do something, even as simple as a kick or a shove or a word that dug deep as a knife. I used to tell myself I could survive it. I quoted Nietzsche in my head, and I pretended I was a fearless heroine. But I was as strong as my tormentors could make me, and it wasn't enough. Four months ago, the last day before winter break, they broke me. I pushed the memory down like the bile I swallowed on a daily basis. The shame was the worst, as if I'd done something to deserve this. Being smart and ugly wasn't reason enough for what they did to me. Nothing was. At that point, I implemented Plan B. I had no friends. Nobody would miss me. At best, my parents, oblivious academic types, would see me as ruined potential. Sometimes I thought they had me as a sociology experiment. Afterward, they'd retrieve my body and mark my file with a big red fail stamp. The sky was gray and pearly, mist hanging over the river. Drawing in a deep breath, I gathered my courage. To my amusement, I'd passed a sign that read, Depressed? Call us. Then it listed a number. I'd ignored that, along with a massive heap of pigeon shit, and continued across until I was far enough out that the water would drown me fast, provided the fall didn't kill me on impact. Now, I only had to climb over quietly and let go. The end. A jagged shard tore loose in my chest. Tears burned in my eyes. Why didn't anyone notice? Why didn't anyone do anything? So maybe I was like the other lost souls. After all, I wanted a hand on my shoulder. Somebody to stop me. Shaking, I put my foot on the guardrail and swung my leg over. On the other side, metal at my back, The dark river spread before me, as if it led to the underworld. For me, it did. My muscles coiled, but I didn't need to jump. All I had to do was lean into space. There would be a few seconds of freefall, and then I'd hit the water. If the impact didn't kill me, the stones in my pockets would. I'd planned for all contingencies. I stepped forward. A hand on my shoulder stopped me. The touch radiated heat, shocking me nearly to death. I couldn't remember the last time anyone had touched me, except to hurt. My parents weren't huggers. So long as I got straight A's, they had little to do with me. They said they were rearing me to be self-sufficient. It felt more like they were raising me to self-destruct. Mission accomplished. I turned, expecting a 
corporate drone jonesing to start his cubicle time early and on target to screw up my careful plans. In that case, I'd have to talk fast to avoid police involvement and incarceration in a mental facility. They'd put me on death watch and stare at me for three days in case I relapsed with the urge to kill myself. The lie hovered on the tip of my tongue. How I was researching suicide to make a sociology essay more compelling. But the guy who'd interrupted my exit also stole my ability to form a coherent thought. His hand remained on my shoulder, steadying me. But he didn't speak. I didn't either. I couldn't. He had the kind of face you saw in magazines, sculpted and airbrushed to perfection. Sharp cheekbones eased into a strong jaw and a kissable mouth.